Welcome back to Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and crime. I'm Sloan, your bartender for today. And I'm Trish, your crime tender for today. So grab a cocktail, buckle up for the Hot Mess Express. Toot toot! Beep beep! to another round of cocktails with your bartender Sloan. Today I am bringing you a, it started out as a peanut butter martini and then we ran out of the screwball. So we're just going to call this a spin on your espresso martini. So it really just kind of depends on what whiskey you use with it. For mine, I used, like I said, screwball, which is a peanut butter whiskey. And then Trish wanted one and I used the rest of the screwball and then I had to replace it with Woodford which is like a caramel sort of whiskey um so two ounces of your whiskey a half ounce of Kahlua or other coffee liqueur a half ounce of simple syrup and then one ounce of espresso shake all of that with ice strain it into your martini glass and enjoy this is a very like simple elegant cocktail and it is smooth yes depending on what liquor you use in this also i feel like if you're not someone that has an espresso machine you can possibly get the same results with just some cold brew yeah you could honestly stretch stretch the drink further with cold brew i think because to get the coffee flavor in it you would add more cold brew. So that's definitely an option too. So over ice. Ex- yes, espresso just gives you more of that coffee taste up front. Agreed. Agreed. But yes, so check out this drink on our Instagram. We will have a recipe card and a real tutorial posted there. It will be cross-referenced to our Twitter as well as our Facebook. And we will also have a TikTok posted of this as well. You can find us on all of the above platforms at Tequila She Wrote. If you have any requests for cocktails or cases, hit us up at tequilasherote at gmail.com. And we'll kick you off to the episode now. Enjoy. Welcome back to another case with your crime tender for today, Trish. And I'm not sure how much of this you remember from last time. So we tried recording this last week and um anchor was acting up for us <laughs> so we had to stop it it's fine my memory is shit so <laughs> we're gonna go on like i don't know anything because i probably don't say the self-proclaimed dumbass here sloan well we're we also drink while doing this so um <laughs> it adds to the ambiance right so this is the case of emma walker And our case takes place in Fountain City, Tennessee. It's close to Knoxville. I just had to look that up because I forgot where it was close to. Because it's been a while since I did these notes. It's a little small town. Population is about 44,000, almost 45,000 people. Like I said, small town. Emma is a student at Central High School. She's a cheerleader. In the fall of 2014, she is the new face on the squad. She's 14, and she's a freshman. One of her teammates said that Emma really loves, loved to cheer, and she loved football games and being a part of the crowd appeal. All that cheer was her true passion. In high school, band was mine. I had so many great memories with band. I'm still friends with like a lot of my fellow band nerds i am the same as i am today i jumped from thing to thing and i never had like one thing that i was passionate about nor did i have one group of friends like i literally (laughs) went from the preps to the jocks to the emo kids to the skaters like i was all over the place my best friends were in band so they called me a band groupie that was horrible (laughs) 
I, I I didn't have anything of my own. Yeah. I mean, I I'm I grew up in a small town, so like I get it. Like you kind of have like your things and that, but like my grade, we like yes, there were like your jocks, your cheerleaders, and that, but like we all got along and we're yeah. friends. So it's like yes, you you like were a band nerd or a jock or whatnot, but like it wasn't like you only hung out with those people, right? I don't know. It was weird. It was also Louisville where there's not much to do. So, <laughs> but anyways, getting back to our story. So Emma is a freshman. Cheers, like her, her life in high school. That's what she is pretty much identified as, as a cheerleader. Early on in that season, she caught the eye of junior Riley Gall, who was a wide receiver on the football team. I still find it weird that he's a junior and he's looking at this freshman like, ooh. I mean, isn't that what they do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still, it's... She's 14. He, junior, you're like 16. I mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm just like, shocked ugh. by it. <laughs> it just, it's different when it's like teens and that when you're older, like, fine. You're, you're adults, but I don't know. I find it weird. It kind of creeps me out a little bit, but <laughs> moving on. It definitely creeps me out. I'm not, yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. not shocked by it. No. So, yes, yeah, so Riley is a junior. He's on the football team. That's how he meets Emma. Riley was raised by his mother and grandparents. He was a top student, loved to play video games, was described by his friends as the jokester type, not your classic jock type. So, he did have some brains and everything, so he's not, like, a dude bro. <laughs> so, Emma's parents, when they first met Riley, they thought he was positive, he was the boy next door, he was very polite, very nice. I mean, I feel like that's most people when they first meet the parents. Yeah, they're going to put yeah. on their best behavior and yeah. stuff. So her father thought he was a good-looking young man, was well-mannered. Her, her parents let them have supervised visits because let's remember she's 14. Right. <laughs> so they were allowed to like meet up at her house, meet up after football games, stuff like that. But it was very... Under watchful eyes. Yes. Her friends said that they seemed like a very happy couple. Her social media was filled with pictures of them being seemingly this perfect couple. Isn't that how it always goes? Yep. One of her friends, Keegan Lyle, said that the relationship seemed normal. Noted that Riley didn't really talk to her friends, but... They just kind of thought that he was shy, maybe, so that's why. Which I get it, because, I mean, I don't go out of my way to talk to people. That's just not who I am. I don't really either, but at the same time, like, you try, just like you try to appease the parents and make a good impression, you also want to make a good impression on your girlfriend. Yeah, like, I'll talk to, like, people, yeah. but, like. I'm not one of those people that can just keep a conversation going. I, I sit back and kind of observe yeah. and stuff. And I'll interject when I need to, but... Depends on how full my cup is, to be honest. <laughs> I can carry on a great conversation, but my cup has been empty for the past year. And the <laughs> conversations have not been great. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't what? So, Keegan goes on to say that after a while, they got concerned because it became very apparent that he didn't want them to hang out with her, like, at all. He wanted her to only hang out with him. Red flag. <laughs> Red flag. They... Red flag on the play, Red. <laughs> Red flag on the play. Yep. If anybody is trying to take all of your time, that is a major red flag. I don't care if it's a new relationship or not. You, you don't need to take every second of my day. 
he soon became very controlling. He started dictating what she could and couldn't do. Another red flag. <laughs> he, like, to me, as I was researching this, I was like, this dude just is a walking red flag. Right. Like, <sighs> like, it gets worse. And it, oh. So, over in the next two years, they became your typical high school couple. They would break up, get back together, all that. It was, you never kind of knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Friends and even her parents told her that they didn't like how he treated her, but she wouldn't really think anything of it. She'd just kind of shrug it off and keep doing her own thing. Right. You know, little independent girl. I was about to say, you can't really tell a teenager what to do. I get it. Yep. As once a <laughs> teenager, <laughs> definitely, like, kind of was like, yeah, sure. Completely ignore. Keep oh, doing what I was doing. Yeah. I was like a semi-rebellious teenager. I mean, I was good, but I did. I was good. Lie a lot. Yeah. I was good, but... I remember one time in particular, um, one of my country artists was literally, like, in town up by my, like, where my aunt lived. Mm -hmm. So, I knew the area right. really well. And he was doing a signing at a Walmart. And I was oh. like, and my two, like, best friends were, like, fans of his also. And I was like, you want to go? And my mom was like, you guys are not going up there. So we just acted like we were going to, like, like over to one of their houses. Yeah. <laughs> and we ended up driving up to Youngstown. <laughs> yep. I mean, it was it's only, like, an hour drive. But it was just, like, I go up there all the time. <laughs> I'm a little surprised your mom wasn't like, all right, let's go. I mean, normally she would have been, like, she always went to, like, the concerts with us. Yeah. But, I don't know. She just, I don't think she wanted to go just for a signing. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like uh, the rebellious side there. Right. <laughs> that sneaking out for Taco Bell, you know. <laughs> you know. Bad girl stuff. Yep. Bad such girl for life. I was such a rebel. Uh, but yes. So she's your stereotypical like teenage girl. Doesn't really listen to others. Thinks she knows mm -hmm. what's best for her. All that. Over time, Riley became more aggressive. He started sending her messages that would say, I hate you and everything about you. You're the biggest bitch I've ever come in contact with. That's and a bit extreme. <laughs> a little bit. The one that Emma's mom actually saw and alarmed her is even more extreme. It said... You're dead to me. I'll check the obituary. Fuck you. Very extreme. <laughs> I, I'm not a parent. I am a aunt. That is the title I am happy with right now. <laughs> right. Let me be an aunt. Let me love on them. Give them back. You don't have to stay with me. It's fine. But if I was ever with one of my nieces or nephews and their significant other sent something like that mama aunt bear is coming out. <laughs> I was gonna say you do not want to see what side of me is coming out so like i said he's starting he's moving on from like dictating everything and that which he still is doing but now he's starting to get verbally abusive also mm -hmm. like through text so there's a paper trail. So clearly he's a lovely guy. Right. Top notch. Boy next door. You know. <laughs> so her parents questioned Riley about the message. He said he was just angry. So. Okay. So you wish somebody dead? Yeah. They got many more red flags after that and actually banned him from their home. They took Emma's phone away to try to stop them from communicating. This didn't work because 
They're teenagers. Yeah, they're, they're teenagers. <laughs> You're going to find a way. They go to the same school. I they're mean, teenagers. That's why it didn't work. But also, Riley gave Emma an iPod touch so that she could still text him through Wi Fi. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, you're going to take my phone. Oh, no. <laughs> I still have two other devices I can message on. <laughs> I mean, shit, at that time, I still had, we were still aiming. I was going to say, on the computer, on the desktop. Yeah. <laughs> God. You know, I just found out the other day. So I think it was on TikTok. You remember how like when you're on your dial up and like your speakers would kind of do like this little beeping noise, like the thing? You know that was meant somebody was trying to call the house? Oh man, I never let anybody through. I said what? <laughs> I never Where was that instruction there. manual? <laughs> I will never forget. I was at my grandparents and I I let them have the computer during the day and I got to have it overnight. That was I lived with my grandparents whenever I stayed with my dad. It wasn't just like a occasional, yeah. like this was a every other weekend all over the summer sort of situation. So like I could be on the internet all throughout the night. Well, the next morning I woke up and apparently one of their friends had passed away and somebody had been trying to get in contact with them overnight. <laughs> I, was, I was on the end. I was taking up the phone line with my internet. You just kept hearing that beep and went, the hell, speakers. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, about 20 years too late, but the more you know. I was like, I saw that, and they're like, because they were like, everybody had these speakers. They're like, and you might have heard this uh, this sound before, and they did it, and they're like, that meant somebody was trying to call, and I went, what? Well, let's be real. <laughs> Do you really think that I would have answered the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning being the only person awake in that house? Hell no. no. So I might as well have stayed my ass on the internet anyways. Let me be on my Neopets, okay? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I wasn't in the chat room at that point. I was definitely raising some Neopets. You're right. These poor Neopets. Uh, Playing some Mahjong. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Yep. The good old days. My biggest stress was trying to keep an online pet alive. Yep. Uh, so, yes. So, they try to basically cut all communication between her and Riley. It's not working because they're finding ways around it because they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. They go to the same school. It's going to happen. So, in the fall of 2016... No. Where did... Nope. Nope. <laughs> Skipped ahead. We got Back lost. up. <laughs> Hot Mess Express took a detour. <laughs> Alright. So, every time Riley would lash out at her, he was very quick to apologize to her stereotypical abusive relationship yep. i'm sure he tried to make her feel like it was her fault that's usually how that goes no experience. <laughs> emma's parents continuously begged her to break up with him it just made them butt heads even more and she leaned more on riley that's how it usually yep. does go too yep. which gives him more power yep so again, fall 2016. Now we're back on track. <laughs> Emma and Riley are still dating. Riley has graduated. He was 18. He went to a local college. He's a freshman now. And she is now a junior in mm -hmm. high school. So roles reversed. <laughs> right. He's still older, but she's now the junior. He's now a freshman. Around Halloween... Her parents had grounded her. They didn't allow her to leave the house unless it was go to school or cheerleading. You know, try to control who she's talking to, hanging out with. Her dad said she seemed to become her old self. She would actually come out of her room, eat with them, socialize, all that. So he thought things were getting better, which I guess they were. 
Emma texted her friend Keegan and said that her and Riley were finally done. Keegan said that she finally realized she deserved better. Good for you. Mm -hmm. They were happy that Emma seemed to finally come to, like, come around and, like, start thinking clearly. Riley, on the other hand, took the breakup very badly. He tried to commit suicide by taking a bunch of Vicodin pills and washing them down with alcohol. Well, yeah, he lost his little canary. Right. He also had mood swings. His friend said he would just do things and say things that were just a cry for help. I mean, I'm sure he's doing this in front of people so that maybe it'll get back to her and maybe mm-hmm. she'd come running back. Again, he's a walking red flag. Right. So, on Friday, November 18th, 2016, Emma was allowed to go to a party at a friend's house. Around 11.30, one of her friends, Zach Green, arrived at this party, and Emma basically immediately pulled him aside and told him she had received a weird text message from a number she didn't recognize. One of the messages said, Come outside alone if you don't want to see a loved one get hurt. You best believe I'm not going outside alone. (laughs) No. The crime junkie in me says, hell no. (laughs) They just continue to come saying even like more like troubling things like go to your car with your keys, go alone. I got someone you love. If you don't comply, I'll hurt them. She thought immediately of Riley and thought it was one of his friends trying to play a prank on her, texted the number back, threatening to call the police, and this continues to make the messages get worse. And she eventually told Zach that they said they had dropped Riley outside. Oh, no. (laughs) Right? I'm like, I thought you were going to hurt him. So, Emma and Zach go outside And they do see a body lying face down in the ditch near the house. And when they get closer, they can see it's Riley. Who is shocked? (laughs) Not Not I. I. (laughs) When they reach Riley, he's lifting his head with a confused look on his face. How are you confused? Like, (laughs) I'm like, uh. you're confused. I'm confused, bro. They questioned him, asking why he was there. He said he didn't know. He said he was kidnapped. He held his head as if he had been struck upside his head. Zach said... Well, you just never had the brain cells there to begin with, (laughs) sir. Zach said it was a very weird situation. I'm sure it was. Right. Riley's framing his own kidnapping. (laughs) Right. Emma didn't know what to think. She... Sorry to interrupt, but this is, you said, 2016? Yes. So, the, like, it's totally possible he made an app on his, he downloaded an app on his phone, and he's using a different phone number from his phone. Yep. Like, bro, we're not all as stupid as you are. (laughs) He just, yeah. So, Emma doesn't know what to think about all this. She's very uneasy. They had just broken up. And she just wanted to be left alone. She told him, just please leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Riley, very dejected, walked down the street, called his friend Noah Walton, and told him the kidnapping story. Noah didn't believe a word, because he's a bright young man. Because he does have brain cells. (laughs) And Riley was very adamant that this happened, but he didn't want to call the cops to report the kidnapping. Right, because you kidnapped yourself. (laughs) I would love to see that go to court. Right. I mean, I know how it would actually play out, (laughs) because you would be charged with, like, false report, but, like, I'm saying, theoretically, I would love to see. (laughs) So, sir, you kidnapped yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Did you or did you not contact your ex acting as if... (laughs) Right. (laughs) It would just be a different charge than what I'm thinking in my head. Yep. Alright. So, he calls his friend. He's very adamant that this kidnapping happened, but doesn't want to report to police. So, 
You 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 looking real suspicious, dude. I'm gonna call that a pink flag. <laughs> pink flag. Yeah, it's not quite a red flag, but it's suspicious. Right. I'm gonna call it a pink flag. So the next morning, Emma went home and she's driving. She gets to her neighborhood and she kind of notices this just this man in like all black just walking. Makes her a little uneasy, whatnot. She pulls into her house. She calls her friends. Well, texts them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Girl, there's get this inside. And she's like, there's this like guy just kind of walking and kind of made me uneasy. She gets inside and that. And then she starts texting her friends and says that the stranger was at her door trying to get in and she's home alone. And. This man in black is continually ringing her doorbell over and over again, trying to get her to let him inside. So she texts Riley and said, I hate you, but I need you right now. Uh Riley texts back, I'm coming, I'm speeding, just give me a minute. Oh yeah, literally give him like 60 (laughs) seconds to take all the black off and he will be right there. Right. All he's got to do is shed the ski mask. (laughs) Jesus. So, keep losing my... We are talking about Riley shedding his ski mask (laughs) to go inside and save Emma from him. So... These are just all my presumptions, by the way. I have no freaking clue where this case is going. (laughs) So, Emma that morning was supposed to meet her mom, and when she didn't show up, her mom came home, and she comes home and finds Emma and Riley in the front yard, and they're, like, hugging and that, and Mm -hmm. she can tell that, like, they're talking and something, and at first she's like, what the hell? You've got to be kidding me. This kid's here. Are you, like, I thought we were done with this. So, when she got out of the car, if I can talk, (laughs) when she got out of her car, she calmly asked him to leave, and he said, no, I'm here to help. I'm making sure Emma is okay. And then she notices that Emma is kind of shaken up. She doesn't know Mm -hmm. what's happening, but she's just, like, she seems all right. Calmly again, yeah. Here. Calmly asks him to please leave again because she's like, You know, you're not allowed here, so can you please leave? Mm-hmm. He finally does leave and she gets Emma inside and kind of asks Emma what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Emma tells her the whole situation. And Emma thinks that it might have been a burglar or maybe even a stalker. Yeah. A stalker named Riley. (laughs) Riley, the walking red flag. Yes. So her mom, like us, immediately brought Riley up. And Emma is very adamant that it's not him. Oh, how fast did he get there, girlfriend? (laughs) Right. So her parents were concerned that Riley was involved. And that Sunday they followed her to work, then followed her back home so they could make sure that she was safe. They didn't notice anything. He didn't pop up that they could, like, really tell. Mm. So... I mean, they were really doing everything that they could to keep her safe. Yes. That night, things seemed normal. She texted her friends to ask about a homework assignment. She went to bed a little after midnight. Monday, November 21st, 2016, a little after 6 a.m., Emma's mom gets up. She's doing her normal morning stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, getting breakfast going, coffee, all that. She goes to Emma's room to try to wake her for school because apparently that's Emma's kind of a deep sleeper. She Mm -hmm. doesn't, she needs someone to kind of be like, hey, get up. So, she walks in, she says her name, she doesn't get a response, goes over, bumps her leg, still no response. She kind of notices that she's a little cool to the touch. She looks at her face and she realized 
that something's obviously wrong. She checks for a pulse. She couldn't find one. She screams. Emma's brother has woken up at this point. Mm-hmm. He comes in to try to wake up Emma. And then, and he can't get her to wake up. And mom immediately calls 911. Right. There is a recording of the 911 call. And she's heard saying, she's dead. I tried waking up my daughter for school. She has no pulse. The operator that picked up transferred her to Royal Metro, where they again ask what's going on. And she again says she has no pulse. They send police out for what they assume is a teen suicide. Mm-hmm. And Knox County Sheriff's Deputy Nikki Buells, the lead forensic tech on the case, arrived, started taking pictures of the outside of the house, walked into the bedroom, photographed the bedroom. When they're inspecting the scene, they notice that at first... What they thought was vomit on her pillow was actually blood and brain tissue. When they inspected Emma, they saw that she had a small bullet hole above her left ear. So suicide is ruled out because there's no gun. Yeah. You're not going to be able to shoot yourself and then hide a weapon. (laughs) Like That's a major clue. Yeah. So... Police obviously have to then question the family to rule them out. They question her father, who, like, he was at work when Emma was discovered. So, mm-hmm. clearly, he had to have gotten up before. So, they talk to him, and he recalls, at, like, some early hours in the morning before, like, he's supposed to be up when no one else is supposed to be awake. He woke up to what he thought was a door slamming. He got up, checked the house, checked Emma's room. She seemed to be asleep. Checked his son's room. He was also asleep. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. No doors were unlocked. Anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to bed. And his wife had woken up. Because she had like felt him get up. Yeah. And heard like the doors and that. She asked, is everything okay? And he said... Yeah, I checked on the kids. There's, they were asleep, so they just all went back to sleep. And that's when police believe what he had heard, what he had thought was a door slamming, was actually a gunshot. Right. Police have to start really, like, investigating the scene, looking in, trying to, like, look for something. And when they start looking at the scene, like, the scene and the photos, they notice... That there's a hole in the wall by where Emma's head would have been. Huh. And there were actually two holes in the wall. One was close to Emma and one was on the other side of the room. So one hit her in the head and the other lodges in her pillow. Police said that when they were examining the outside of the house, they found the hole in the wall. And one spent casing from a 9mm handgun. By the other hole, they found another spent shell casing. For these to happen, someone had to walk up, shoot from the side yard, jump the fence, and fire a second round. The holes were very calculated, because they, where they were shot from, you knew it was only going into Emma's room. Right. And they were almost a perfect 90 degree angle from each other. The holes weren't very big, so it's very, it's why, like, at first it's not very noticeable. You're not like, what's this hole? They said that they were about the size of a ballpoint pen. When police questioned the family and friends, one name that just kept coming up was Riley Gall. When the man in Black Story started kind of going around the neighborhood and whatnot, she began reviewing the footage, and wouldn't you know, she finds the man in Black. Hmm. Does he look like Riley? (laughs) He is seen wearing all black and even sunglasses walking with a purpose towards Emma's house. 
Riley is brought in for questioning and police immediately ask him about the man in black incident. And he said, and I quote, this is his exact words. You can literally, there's a discovery plus, um, murder in the heartland. It's season two, episode two. The friends you keep is the like title of the episode. They have his, um, like little interview thing with the police and he literally is on camera saying the girl she texted me and police ask which girl and he says the one that passed away you love this person and you can't even say emma texted me or you know my because in his mind he's probably like well my girlfriend i know y'all are probably tired of me hearing it saying it because hearing me say it because i'm tired of saying it but this guy is just filled with red flags <laughs> he's so oh and i literally have i was like immediately the crime junkie in me goes <laughs> red flag your girlfriend slash ex-girlfriend is murdered your question, and you refer to her as the girl, the one that passed away. It, like I said, you can like they they show a little more things, but like that was the most like prominent thing. Like I said, you can watch it. The episode literally like opens up with the nine one one call from Emma's mom, and you just hear the distress and that. And then, like I said, you get to see Riley's interview with the police, and you're just like, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. So, he continued in the interview to say she asked him at first if he was the man in black, and that she wanted to know if he was playing some sort of prank on her said he had been trying to convince her to get back in a relationship with him and that she just didn't care anything about the relationship. Probably because you're a fucking stalker and psychopath, dude. <laughs> he then said he hoped that he wasn't a suspect in the case. And police said, did we say you were? And he was like, I just, I just hope you don't think I am. I would never <laughs> do anything to harm that girl. I just love her so much. I would hurt myself before I would hurt her. Let me just point out to you that I should be a suspect. <laughs> right? So, Riley's obviously looked into as a possible suspect. They try to look for a past criminal history, but he doesn't even, he doesn't have one. But they do notice that his mother and other family members do. None of them had a violent record, but they still had a criminal past. Riley's mom came to the station with him. And so police asked if maybe she wanted to make a statement. And she refused. She was very uncooperative with police. <laughs> so Not that surprising. makes you look guilty. <laughs> so... Emma's parents knew nothing of, like, the, his, like, Riley's family's past. They had no idea that his mom had a criminal history. Yes, it's not violent, but still, like, you would think, like, they dated for how many years? You would think that maybe something like that would yeah. kind of get brought up or someone might say something. No. They're finding out as the police look into it. And that's when they kind of start doing some digging of their own. And wouldn't you know, their, her parents found a post on social media the night before Emma was killed saying, If you mess with my son, I'm going to come after you. Whether this is just cool. terrible timing or, yeah. <laughs> very suspicious so obviously not a good look for mom so they have to look into her and while this is happening a police officer from a different station actually calls to ask if they are investigating the death of a high school student 
obviously this makes the ones investigating the case go, why? <laughs> and this officer says, I have information that could help you. So while this is all happening, Riley's grandfather actually reported a 9mm Glock handgun stolen weeks prior to the murder. And at the time, Riley's mom was living there. So one of your possible suspects obviously lived in the house with it. But also, I'm sure Riley was there too. So Riley could have gotten a hold of it. And it just so happens to be the same handgun that you have bullet casings for and everything. So it's not looking good for for them at all. It's adding up. <laughs> yes. Not in their favor. So they got a search warrant for the home. They didn't find the weapon, but they found a box that was stored in with some spent shell casings from the handgun. And they compared them to the ones found at the scene. And wouldn't you know, they're a match. Hmm. So now we have the missing gun. And it's the murder weapon. Well, we don't have the missing gun. But we know that this missing gun is the murder weapon. Right. November 22nd, 2016. At 3pm, Alex McCarthy, one of... Riley's friends gets a phone call from Riley and he said he had the stole he had stolen his grandfather's handgun for his own protection. Alex called Noah, the same Noah that Riley had called when he got kidnapped. <laughs> and he tells him that Riley told him he had the gun and he needed help getting rid of it. So, neither of them want to obviously believe that Riley has killed Emma. You don't want to believe the worst in your friends. Mm -hmm. But they also knew that they needed to get this gun into evidence. So, Alex does what I would hope anybody with a conscience would do. And they call the police. And the friends actually agree to help assist police get the gun. So they let these little... They're not teen... Well, I guess they are teenagers, but they're almost like 20-year-olds. Yeah. They let them go undercover with the help of police using visual and audio recording devices so that they can get their hands, their like eyes or hands, on this gun and let police know. They were told to do what they normally do, just so they didn't tip off Riley. So they get together at one of the guy's houses, and then they're kind of talking. And Riley's like, "Do we we need to? I didn't I didn't shoot her. I never shot Emma. He just had the gun for his personal protection." And he's like, "We just we need to get rid of it." Let, let's go to the bluffs. Let's go to the bluffs and get rid of this gun. And, like, they're just like, oh, I mean, okay, but, like, if if you're saying that, you know, it's it's for your protection and that, you know, just, just turn it over. And they're like, and Riley's like, I don't want to because, you know, they're going to say I'm guilty, but it, this gun's not going to match. It just, it wouldn't. It's not going to match anything. Dude, they already have you matched. <laughs> like, yeah. But I don't know if he knew this at the point. But still, he just he wanted to get rid of it. So the boys finally were like, fine. He's obviously not just going to easily turn this in. So they agree to help him. And they go to Riley's stepfather's to receive a trash bag. They don't know what's in this bag. They just know that he was adamant he needed to get this trash bag. So, Alex drove, Noah's in the back seat, and Riley's in the passenger seat. And they're both just kind of, like, on their phone and that. Noah, like, is trying to stay in contact with detectives. They even put, like, the detective's number under, like, a false, like, girl's name. So that if Riley mm -hmm. was like, who are you texting? He'd be like, oh, so-and-so. 
Yeah. And they wouldn't think anything of it. They even had a code word and everything. So on the way, they stopped to get some fast food. This is basically like their last chance to say goodbye to their friend because they know that this is not looking good for him at all. And after they eat, they go to where they would park to get to the bluffs. And this is when Riley goes through the bag and pulls out the gun. They're in shock, but they play along and they start texting the police the code word at the same time. Mm-hmm. And police obviously have to proceed with caution because they don't want anybody to get hurt. They don't want him to possibly like turn the gun on like his friends or himself, anything like that. So police pull up to the boys and basically make it like your standard put your hands up right do as i say they get alex out of the car first because he's the driver that way riley can't just be like gun it man gun it yeah so they get alex out first and then they immediately make riley get out riley once out of the car is arrested and they find the gun But that isn't all they found. In this trash bag, they also find a black hoodie and tennis shoes. And, like, the mask and everything. Like, they find the man in black. Yeah. I could have found him for you. (laughs) Right? I did find him for you. April 30th, 2018. After a year of house arrest, Riley Gall stands trial for the murder of Emma Walker. It's believed he acted alone. His defense tried to argue that he never intended to kill Emma. He just wanted to scare her to get her attention. He wanted to be looked at as her protector. He also denied being the man in black. It took five hours of deliberation, but Riley was actually found guilty of first-degree murder, as well as stalking, theft, reckless endangerment, and being in possession of a firearm during a dangerous felony. So, in Tennessee, first-degree murder automatically carries a life sentence. He is eligible for parole after 51 years. After the sentencing, Riley spoke for the first time apologizing to the family for killing Emma, but stands by it being an accident. Clearly, no one believes him. (laughs) Emma's mom really hopes that this case gets out people start talking about so that can bring like a warning to people that are in toxic relationships to get out because i mean her daughter was what probably 16 at the time and she lost her forever because of (laughs) this little twerp so emma's name continues to live on in the community they actually made a dog park with her name on it because she was an animal lover and they felt this was a great tribute to her i agree they also have a NICU patient room named for her because she wanted to be a NICU nurse it was a very hard profession to like get into because it's not one that everybody can handle it's very very hard Riley's two friends that helped take him down obviously have mixed feelings. At first, like, they didn't want to believe this about their friend, but also (laughs) he tried to implicate them in the process. So he was willing to let them be an accessory to murder. (laughs) So (laughs) obviously you're going to feel hurt. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Riley has since tried to file a motion for a new trial. He's seeking a quill based on insignificant insufficient sorry insufficient evidence if the quill isn't granted he wants a new trial and that hearing is actually set for june 4th in knox county criminal court so that's something we'll definitely have to keep an eye on but i just thought it was very (laughs) very interesting that he um still is adamant that he didn't do it even though you literally have it's very clear that you did yes I wonder if that's because he just, like, literally cannot admit it to other people that he did it. 
I yeah, or I don't know. If he thinks that if he lies long enough, it he'll get off. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> that's our little twerp. Yeah, he looks like a twerp. And that's our lovely little Emma. Mm-hmm. And those are the two unfortunate friends that got roped into this. Choose better friends, people. Yep. Trust your gut. But that that's my case. I hope you enjoyed it. If like I said, if you wanna go kind of watch the I like the investigation discovery episode again, it's Murder in the Heartlands is the series. It's season two, episode two, the friends you keep. We'll link it in the show notes and everything. But yeah, we're going to cut this off because we're getting close to our end time anyways. And we'll get you to our last call. Welcome back to another round of last call with your bartender Sloan. I also don't know why, but I feel like I just kind of wanted to check in. Check in. We rarely like check in with each other. I feel right. like. Anyways, so I have recently started watching Euphoria. I think that's why <laughs> I wanted to talk about this because everybody's talking about this. The first few episodes were fucking trash and nobody warned me. But I'm slowly getting into it. To me, it reminds me of like Degrassi meets a shit ton of glitter and drugs. See, I was never into Degrassi. So I think that's why I just can't get into it. Oh, I love Degrassi. I loved it. But yeah, so that is my new obsession because I know we've talked about 90 Day Fiance before. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Trish and I also went and got pierced with our other best, one of our other best friends, Logan. So I got a cute little septum piercing. She got a little flat. Um, our friend got a septum piercing as well. But uh, yeah, I think that's all like the cool stuff going on in my life. That's why we typically don't check in because right. we work. And then we chill. <laughs> Research crime. But I just... And drink. <laughs> I had, yeah. I had a little, like, pop culture moment there that I guess I knew, I wanted to talk about. So, if you're watching Euphoria, let me know what you think. Because it is literally all over my TikTok. And that is why I started watching it. And it was painful <laughs> to get through. Logan but, loves it. But I just... I can't get into it. Well, yeah, then last night, Nate came in there, and he was like, oh, I hear this is a good show. And I was like, bro, you would freaking hate this. Like, you hate <laughs> you hate all of my shows. Everything that I love, you hate. You would hate this. And he goes, yeah, but everybody that I trust with recommendations is really loving this show, so I think I might watch it. And he actually sat in there for a full episode with me, and I was like, I can't get you to watch the shows that I know you would like. And the show that I think you're going to hate, <laughs> you're enjoying. I don't get that, man. Logan mm -hmm. and Nate are the same people. Because really literally, I'll be like, Logan's not going to like this show. I'll like binge it and that. And then she's like, I want to watch this show. I'm like, I just binged it because I knew you weren't going to want it to. Uh, <laughs> yes, they are very much alike. Anyways, so that is what's going on with us now to the fun facts so one is kind of common uh did you know that avocados are actually a fruit not a vegetable because they have the seed in it so yeah, yeah. uh the eiffel tower can be 15 centimeters taller taller during the summer due to thermal expansion so it it grows I'm not even growing anymore, but the right. Eiffel Tower grows. I mean, technically it shrinks too, but... I was going to say. <laughs> um, Australia is wider than the moon. The Spice Girls were originally a band called Touch. I definitely don't think that they... The, the, the name change had to happen. I was going to say... we. Could you imagine... <laughs> Uh, no, I couldn't. Like, we needed the Spice Girls in this world. Yes. Thank you for changing that. My next one. Human teeth are the only part of the body that cannot heal themselves. You don't fucking say. <laughs> I wish, man. <laughs> I, you wish? I mean, you, you're the one with a lot of teeth. Bro. I just you have. <laughs> I have a cracked tooth in, like, my back, like, part of my mouth. And it flares up every now and then. 
But I'm still missing my front tooth right now. <laughs> I mean, in time, in time, ma'am. <laughs> it is, it is what it is. I'm still like really self-conscious about it, but like also at the same time, I'm somebody that really loves to smile and laugh. So like if I'm around people that I'm comfortable with, I don't give a flying fuck about it anymore. Right. <laughs> but there like, are whatever. yeah, but there are times like if I'm out eating and the server comes up or whatever, like I'll definitely like hide my mouth because I, I do get self-conscious about it. But at the same time, like I am the same person that I was two months ago before I knocked my fucking tooth out. So I don't, I shouldn't look down on myself for it either. Yeah. But anyways, yes, human teeth do not regenerate themselves, unfortunately. And they are very fucking expensive to take care of if you don't right. have good teeth. I was cursed with genetics and neglect. Right. But anyways. Number eight. It is illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland. It's considered animal abuse because they're social beings. I was going to say, I, I did that <laughs> I one. Think, yeah, it sounded familiar. Amy Poehler was only seven years older than Rachel McAdams when she took the role of cool mom in Mean Girls. <laughs> I'm cool mom. <laughs> so, Rachel McAdams was playing a high school senior at 25, and Amy Poehler was 32 playing her mom. Yep, that sounds about right. People are more creative in the shower. I do agree with that. Warm water gets my blood a-flowing. Gets my brain a-going. It's all good. Nut nutmeg is a hallucin hallucinogen. So you're on like the same thing because I definitely yeah. did the shower and the nutmeg. <laughs> you just skipped a lot of these. I, and did, I couldn't yeah. remember which ones you had skipped, but it was a good, it's like a good little 40 mm -hmm. fun facts. But all right. Yeah, I remember well, that because we were like, we are not doing a nutmeg challenge. I <laughs> Sloan still kind of wants to. <laughs> I would do it for science. <laughs> for science. <sighs> Anyways. Maybe that's why I wanted to do a check-in at this to drag this out a little bit. But yeah, we'll cut off this last call here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Let us know what you think, what you think of this case. Um, follow us on all of our socials. We have the TikTok, the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Tequila She Wrote across the board. I am admittedly very slacking with that. I'm, I guess I could have talked about this in the checkup, but yeah. like... I'm personally not doing very well mentally right now. Like I can feel myself slipping down the slopes of depression. And while I am like hanging on for all that I can, it's definitely taking its toll on me. So hang in there with me for the social medias. We do have it all coming. I'm doing the best that I can. We're all doing the best we can. It's also a busy time at work. So like half the time when I'm on, when we have our off days, we're either doing stuff for, like recording or that or i'm just like just i need a break <laughs> yes just so like i'm behind on patreon so yeah so um we are loving this <laughs> don't get us oh, wrong yeah. this is not complaining i we tell are loving everybody this. at work i'm like i mean i'm i was like i'm off the next two days i was like i mean i'm off i'm not here but i'm not like off off i'm doing stuff for the podcast but to me that's more enjoyable than being at work right now exactly so it, it this is not complaining by any means just more so explaining like I, i'm a very honest per person and i'm very truthful and if something's going on with me then i'm gonna let you know about it yeah like whether that's in real life or over the internet it doesn't really matter so this is me letting y'all know that i am not only riding but i am driving the struggle bus <laughs> and i'm doing everything that i can to turn that around and this podcast is something that really helps me, like, anchor on to reality. So I'm very thankful for it. I just need to get a better grasp on reality. And then uh, the social medias will be definitely back up and running. They're hanging on by a thread right now. But anyways, they are there for y'all to check out the recipes whenever they are uploaded to talk to us to let us know if you have any like case suggestions or cocktail recipes or anything like that like i said those are all tequila she wrote across the board we also have our email address tequila she wrote at gmail.com if you have any requests or compliments or anything like that just want to chat say hey whatever 
And also remember that you can rate us on pretty much any platform at this point. And we truly appreciate those ratings, the reviews. They help us out more than you can know. We also, like I mentioned, we have Patreon. Yes, I'm a little behind (laughs) on it, but we do have some stuff up. And for as little as $2 a month, you do get an extra bonus episode and eventually we're going to have ads because unfortunately we do need to make some money. (laughs) So we will put ad-free episodes up on Patreon once the ads do start. And then we have some bonuses like the higher up you go in the tiers. There's Haunted episode, Ruining Paradise. There's merchandise. Yes. For every tier. So, um, but yeah, thanks for hanging out with us today and we'll see you next time. Toot toot. Beep beep.